to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. How's your week been, mate? Been, uh, been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, what have you been up to? I haven't been off. I have, we have. <laughs> Is it a podcast? Oh, we oh we've been off. I was going to say, I thought you were going to say, I've been off. No, I've been busy. Um, yeah, yeah, I've been all right, mate. Just pl- plodding along at, at work, as you do. And yeah, sort of uh, missing, missing the rugby a bit, really, mind you. I was missing the rugby, and then all of a sudden, it big news broke, didn't it? I was just about to relax and put me put my slippers on, and uh, and all this has, has happened. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But I'm I'm all right, mate. I hope you two are. Yeah, good. Just for the record, Paul White's had keep the economy going. That's why he's not been not feel like he's been off uh, for the last two weeks. Um, I've had a, I've had a good week uh, this week. My son attends a uh, kind of charity gaming called Everyone Can. Uh, so I spent Saturday with him doing a 24-hour gaming stream, uh, which was good. Met a YouTuber uh, called Peaceful, which was good. One of his heroes, so he got all of it starry-eyed, same as uh, when I know Rangi Chase walks in the room for me. So uh, that was that was good. So he raised loads of money for Everyone Can, which was great fun. So I had a good weekend. Uh, I'm also joined by Paul Parkin. How was your uh, We've been packing. Um, a little bit hectic, up and down last week. Missed, you know, up till up till today, really, where it seems to have all gone very flat all of a sudden. But uh, <laughs> last week, yeah, it was uh, it, there was plenty going on. Obviously, you know, uh, at the end of the season coming, and as Paul sort of mentioned, there was a little bit of action happened in between, and players, you know, the, the awards and all that kind of thing. Great, you know, really good week. Went really fast, and that's why I'm sort of. When you said that about not being on for two weeks, I was thinking, wow, really? That's, it's gone really fast. But yeah, uh, like Paul said as well, this weekend's the first weekend we've not had a game. Well, I mean, besides most of the season through COVID, but um, and I'm missing it. I watched, you know, I watched the games this weekend on Sky, the, the championship games. Fantastic. I wish they, they put more of them on, by the way. Uh, but yeah, no, just, uh, just plodding on through life as you do. And uh, trying to keep uh, head above water, that sort of thing. But, yeah, um, it's been a, it's been a good week. Yeah, so we've got loads to talk about because uh, we've uh, not done one for a couple of weeks. So we're going to start with with a big news uh, coming out from the club. So the big news is Richard Marshall and the club of party company. Uh, Paul, um, how did you feel about that? I was pretty shocked, Rob, to be honest with you. It wasn't what I was expecting. Um, I'm trying to think how I found out. I was working. I come home and I, I think it flashed up on me. Thought, no, I saw something on it was on Twitter, I think. Is it Aaron Bauer or someone had, mm-hmm. had put something on? And there was a story on the evening news and it wasn't quite confirmed by the club or anything. I think it was the day after when the, when the club confirmed it, but the rumours started to gather pace and then the night before. And just disappointed, really. I mean, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I can see it from both ways, really. I mean, for me, if we were going to sack Richard Marshall, why didn't we sack him earlier in the season when we were struggling? Because he did have that really poor run and we kept faith with him then. And I sort of thought to myself, we were starting to show signs of improvement. You know, the whole game and the, the Warrington game where we should have won, then we beat St. Helens. So there was sort of things happening there. He's, he's signed some players as well um, that he's picked. And now you're thinking, to get rid of him, the new coach has got to come in. Will the new coach rate these players he's signed or will there be now surplus to requirement? It just seems a strange decision. I mean, he's not even been at the club 12 months, has he? And he's probably one of the shortest sort of tenures we've had. We don't normally sack coaches and get rid of coaches, do we? So, no, just a bit surprised with it, really, Rob. And um, 
Yeah, well, I wouldn't say I'm dead disappointed. I mean, he's always been all right with me when I've spoke to him. He's been a nice bloke and that, but obviously results on the on the pitch weren't great last season. So, uh, no, I just didn't expect the news, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, a 31.8 win percent ratio, uh, Parky. Um, mm. We had a quick look at all the other coaches that we've had uh, and our best ones and the, in the third season were between 30 and 50 percent so for me he was in a kind of a crossroads uh situation and it seems uh like the, the people in charge paul king uh, and various other people involved in that uh sort of process uh have decided to go early yeah like like paul i was uh i was a little bit shocked i thought that you know we like like you say we got through this year which has been yeah, absolute chaos, hasn't it? With with COVID and one thing or another, uh, and he'd come through it. Uh, there were there were shoots of maybe maybe a little bit of progress, but it, it had been a struggle of a season. We hadn't played the best rugby. We hadn't, you know, our, our discipline was a huge problem. It didn't seem to get corrected at all, which was was a worry as to how much power maybe a coach has over a team to change mentality or or whatever. But, but either way, um, it, it was a shock. Um, and obviously something there that the board, who, as we know, they, they work for the club for the, for the best reasons. You know, they're not they're not just, you know, people, businessmen coming from the outside, just trying to splash a bit of cash. You know, they are they are Salford fans. And I don't think they would have taken it lightly to, to let to let Richard go. Um, I, I, wa- I wasn't going to cry over it. I'll say that. Um, he he his style his style of rugby didn't really didn't work for me. I think he tried too many times to to play through the forwards, which didn't work. Yet we had you know outside backs that most teams in Super League would have loved. You know, uh, but they're all sort of minor things that go on. You don't know you don't know the full story or anything like that. But uh, as as I said to 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 Paul and others, I, I probably. Uh, I probably get more upset about certain, you know, players come and go, coaches come and go, but I think certain players would be more important than than certain coaches. I think you can replace a coach a lot easier than you can certain players, and I think, you know, going forward, what is there a case of that? You know, is it a case of I don't know? Was he going to attract the right players? Mm. That's another thing. Could he could he keep the players he had? I don't, you know, we don't know the whole the whole thing, but. Um, I wish him all the best. You know, he obviously put all his heart and soul into the place and it was his first crack at Super League and it's not easy. There's only 12 jobs, isn't there? You know, it's... Or whatever. He can... He's cut his teeth at a lower level. He's had a go. Hopefully, he's learnt a lot from that and we're, you know, sticking coaching and, and, and who knows, come back in a few years and, and prove everybody wrong. But uh, big surprise, big, big turn up for the club. Like Paul said, we were ready just to relax a little bit for the for the winter months and wait for the signings to come in and new kit and, you know, the fixtures and that kind of thing. And then this happens and already we're, like you say, we're, we're probably a little bit behind the, the eight ball in terms of a coach coming in. If he is going to come in from the outside, you know, there's all sorts of speculation, but then he's got to get to grips with the squad that's there now, who he'd like, who he, you know what I mean? We said this year that Richard Marshall didn't have his team. He, he took over players that he'd inherited that, uh, Ian Watson had signed for the year before. Now it was going to be this year that it'd be his main testing ground. Well, now it's somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Now what do we do if it's not quite going well after six, eight games next year? And he's, you know, he can't use the excuse. Well, this isn't my team. It's got to be sorted. So 
a lot a lot of things to, to to sort of work out going forward but uh i mean it's interesting and, and it's never dull is it let's be honest if being a Salford fan you're always uh, you're always kept on your toes yeah i i obviously i spoke to him in the final press conference didn't show any kind of like clue that it was it was on his way um Obviously, must have been a kind of a review and, and all, all kind of came out from that, didn't it, really? Um, highlight On-field highlights for me would have been Uddersfield away, Ole FC at home, you know, two two good wins there. But like you said, it was it was kind of building a building up and obviously the, the club have thought we want to go a different direction with a different person, That then that that's fine. Uh, looking at the, the possible replacements uh paul uh there is a you know a few on the market but like park said if you're going to bring in uh, someone like chester or james ford from york or danny ward you're in the same position you were with richard marshall last year so it's going to be interesting to see um what what happens really and who uh they decide to replace him with yeah i mean what's chris chester ever won i mean he's he's been all right at wakefield hasn't he but i, I, I don't know whether i go down that road Danny Ward, James Ford, not really proven at that level, are they? So I, I don't know. You'd be taking a chance, wouldn't you, on somebody? And sometimes you, you've got to do that. But there's something that made me chuckle the other night. I was thinking of what you always say, Salford being an opportunity club. Yeah. And I thought, well, for Richard Marsh, they have an opportunity club because they, they took his opportunity away from him. So, because mm. um, like you said, like Parky said there, I can only agree with you know, about his team and that. To me, you, you've not given somebody a chance, but I suppose we don't really know. Richard Marshall might have wanted something and, and, and the club have said, you're not having that, and he's walked away. So you don't know. We don't know whether he's been sacked, he's resigned or, or what. So I don't, we probably never know because these things never come out. You've only got to go back to the, the days of Yestin Harris when he was there. I mean, has he been embargoed when he left the club? He's never said a word about it, has he? So you, you don't tend to find these things out, but it'll be interesting to see who... Who comes in? I know there's something in the league expressed today about um, maybe Danny Orr, but I don't know whether I go down that road because he was already there with Richard Marshall, wasn't he? So it, it will be interesting. Oh, Paul Rollis, everyone, you know, I've spoke to a few people who, who seem to think Paul would be up for the job. Did he apply for it last time? I didn't think he did. So what what a change with his with his hunger to take it this time. So it'd be really interesting to see what happens. That James Ford at, at York. Yeah, he did a decent job, but had, had, a, had a bit of a struggle this season, hasn't he? So, so I don't know. There's there's a lot of names out there, isn't there? Somebody mentioned to me Brian McDermott. Please God, no, <laughs> don't don't want him to be honest. And I'm not. He's all right, but he's a bit of a waffler, a minute on the quiet. So uh, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, won't we? But it's exciting. It's always exciting when something like this happens. You know, obviously the disappointment of losing a coach, but there's always the excitement of a new start and a fresh start and, and somebody else coming in with new ideas. So. We'll have to see what's going to be. Yeah, I think club philosophy is important, Parker. Mm. And um, you know, with, with the players that, that we've got, and, and the you know the, what they're trying to build at the club with the sort of the academies and and the youth development and all that. Does it count out the likes of Brian McDermott, who is kind of an old school sort of coach in 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 his his approach and the way in the way he does it? Like if, like I said, James Ford um, at York, he's, he has, like Paul said, he's not had much of a season this season, but that might give us an advantage in trying to persuade him to come and have a crack at the, the top level. Uh, so he might be one to watch. But, you know, Paul Rowley, he, he's already in the system. He knows those players. Uh, and it might uh, sort of benefit us in the build-up to the, the new season if you have someone who's already in the system pulling the strings. I think it is a tough one. I think 
there's, there's various ways you can look at it. I mean, you mentioned McDermott, not somebody that I would want, but certainly somebody who would command a certain amount of respect from, from players because they, they know he's been there. He's won grand finals. You know, he's done, he's done what he's done in his coaching career. For me, probably not the right man, but I could, I could see that. Chris Chester, he's worked with very little at Wakefield. It worked for a while, but it's faded. And, you know, I'm not sure whether he's the right man. Ford, again, we're going down that road of giving somebody a chance. Fine. But it's always us that give somebody their first job, to, you know, to find their footing. We need somebody who's, who knows, who, who knows rugby league, who knows rugby league at the top level, who works at, you know, at that level. We, you know, we, we give him Watson a chance. We, in the end, we, we touched lucky and it, it worked. I mean, no one's mentioned his name for the job yet. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but even before that, Harris, yes, Dean Harris came in. You know, even going back to Carl Harrison, who did a magnificent job, Andy Gregory, people like that. We, we seem to be the team that say, you know, Kevin Samantha, here's, you know, here's the role, go and take it. Sometimes I think we, we, we err on the, the side of, well, probably value for money, shall we say. Uh, we don't really. I know we've gone down the noble route, but he he was the wrong man. Kukash made massive mistakes bringing him in. He was he wasn't connected with the game enough at that point. His his tactics and things had moved. Everything had moved on. I'd like somebody who's in the game, um, but it's who you get. You're not going to go into any other club in, in Super League and take their coach off them. Mm. You know that's that's just not not on the card. So tough choice. Uh, I, I I personally think. And I know what Paul was saying about he didn't apply for it last time, so why now? But somebody like Paul Roller, who knows the club, he would already know the players that have signed for next year. So he would have some kind of, you know, maybe input in actually signing them. I don't know whether he'd have worked with, with Richard Marshall about bringing players in. You know, has he got? he's already got the oversight of what's available. He knows the club, he knows the finances, you know. And, and this DNA we spoke about earlier in the year, about bringing it through from the kids, you know, to reserves, to a first team. He's got that already. He's in mm. place. But then, he has had jobs before. We know that. Um, and was he successful at a level? But not not particularly at Super League level. So, it's, it, it is an impossible task. Unless we go outside this, these names that we've, we've heard. Mm. You know, do we go abroad? Well, now with COVID, I think it makes it a lot more difficult to get a coach over it, to get him settled, to... You know, I don't think that's an option. So it's going to be a struggle. I'm sure this is part of the thing when I say about you know Paul King and, and the guys. They've had to take all this into account, knowing that this this is now what's got to happen in the next few weeks, really, to get to start looking at players that we we might still need to recruit. To look at you know any plans for next year, uh, you know any pre-season games he wants or whatever. You know, they've got all this to do. They've got to interview. They've got to make sure people want the job. Mm. And the only other ones that we've heard of, obviously, there's a rumour of Lee Breers. Again, first job. Nobody knows if he could do the job. Would he have respect to the players? Don't know. Henderson, who's been at Warrington for, for a while, he's got a great a great reputation within the game. Is it worth taking a punt on somebody like him? So, you know, we could list names forever, couldn't we? Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be tough for the club. But hopefully they had something lined up before this this wasn't just a knee-jerk reaction at the end of the season this i think this must have been something that considered for a few weeks before that mm. I, I think the, the the thing is paul uh with 
Paul Rowlett. He's, is he head of our youth development or something like that? So if you're going to put him in charge of that main uh, head coach role, who takes over the youth of youth of head uh, youth, let's say, uh, because that's an equally important job. The way we're we're kind of restructuring the club now, trying to get the you know the college kids through the Welsh li- li- link as well. It's it's certainly a a, a job that's uh, got full of challenges. I think you've got a man there who'd probably be ready to take over and Paul Rowley and Danny Barton. I think Danny's done a tremendous job at Salford and I'd have every faith in him to, to, to carry on and, and, and do that. With Paul Rowley, um, what you've got to remember with Paul as well is he came in in 2019 to assist Ian Watson and he was in what was assistant. And if you look back to that season, when Paul came in, we seemed to, to go really well in turn the corner and then go on that fabulous run to the grand final. So, I think he did have a, a real good positive effect on the on the team and I think he seemed to work well with Ian Watson. So he, he's quite a relaxed character as well, Paul Rowley, I think, these days. I think he's, he's changed a bit from how he was, I think, when he was Lee's coach, without sounding you know, derogatory to him. He always seemed to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder to me back then when he was Lee's coach. And I think he's mellowed out over the last few years and probably matured a bit into the coaching role and... Every time I've spoken to him and, and, and said hi to him, he always seems you know switched on. He's, he's a very knowledgeable man as well, and I wouldn't have a problem with Paul Rowley taking over as coach. But but yeah, Danny Barton to to keep him working there in the youth youth development, I think that'd be great. I think he's done a terrific job at Salford and is a, a real unsung hero. Parky, is this Paul King's biggest decision as a Salford's director chairman so far? The replacement for Richard Marshall. I, I, yeah, probably. I mean, he's got a lot on, hasn't he, at the moment with the stadium possible move and, and everything else. I mean, he's got a real poison chalice in, in, in so many ways. But yeah, it's, it's got to get it right. You know, next, next season, four teams, is it going to get yeah. relegated or something? Or wh- however they want to work it, they might even change it. You know, it might be two down, but you don't want to be in that bottom two. So they've got to get this right. They've got to get recruitment right, but they've got to get the right man to, to knit the team together. And I'm. I, I am I am a little worried, I'll be honest. I don't know if we'll have enough. Um, but, like like Paul just mentioned, and I completely forgot about that 2019, not the season, obviously, I'll never forget that as long as I live, but um, <laughs> that, that build-up from when he came in to, to help Watto, just to give him a you know, hand. He was an advisor, wasn't he? He wasn't even a... I don't think he was hired as a coach. I think he just sort of did it on a day-to-day basis or a rolling contract or whatever, and he's ended up staying. Um and like you say, the youth thing is is important, but Paul obviously has oversight of that, so he could easily pass that if he needed to transfer it to to Danny Barton or whoever you know whoever they want. Um, and the other thing is then, as so often happens, when you get rid of a manager, generally the coach goes with them, Danny or or, or yeah. you know whatever. Is Danny going to stay? Is Danny you know is he still part of the plans? If somebody else comes in, they, they might want to bring their own. There's another problem. What do you do with that? Is he under contract? Would he have to be paid? Yeah, it's, it's a massive, you know, can of worms, isn't it? But um, as I say, I'm sure Paul and, and Bleasy and everybody else had looked at this before they, they jumped. Um, and now we've just got to try and stay positive and hope that whoever gets the job, you know, we give them the support as we would, and uh, just just trust the people to to make the right decision. Trust the people. Trust the process, Paul. Yeah, you've you've got to do, haven't you, Rob? I mean, I'm not losing any sleep over it. You know, you you just you just go with what happens, don't you? And carry on turning up next season and supporting the team. At the end of the day, 
with the greatest respect to Richard Marshall, I don't support Richard Marshall. I support Salford Rugby League Club. So, play it like Parky at the nail on the head before players and coaches move on, don't they? So, you thank them for what they've done and and, and, and you, you move on for it. As a supporter of any sporting club, you've not got... You don't get to make the decisions, do you? you just got to trust in the people at the top to make the decisions. So, like Parky said, I hope that we did have some sort of planning in place before Richard Marshall went, and it's not just a knee-jerk reaction. But again, I reiterate what I said before. Did we sack Richard Marshall, or, or did Richard Marshall say, I want this, I want that? Mm-hmm. Paul King said, you're not having that, and Richard Marshall, well, you're not backing me, I'm going. We don't know, really, do we, what's going on, mm-hmm. so... I think, yeah, it's just a case of moving on now. And I'm excited to see who it comes in. I mean, there's a few names who, who I'd like to see. John Cartwright, I think, would be one. I'd love to see him come over. Mm. Um, another one I think would be great. I mean, you might laugh at this one. You probably will. What about Craig Bellamy? Would, wouldn't he like a challenge? I mean, I know he's been at Melbourne Storm all this time. But my message to Craig would be, come and, come and you're real. Let's see how, how good you really are. Let's see if you can sort Salford out. So uh, take take up the challenge, Craig. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we're more likely to get the Craig Bellamy that used to play up front for Liverpool and uh, and Wales than than that one. To be fair, but um, but again, you say that it is good to see if any manager would take that challenge. See how good you really. Yeah. I mean, Shane Flanagan seems to always be out of uh, work down under, and yet he's got a great reputation. He's had a great record. Somebody yeah. like him, but again, the, the COVID thing, transport, getting them settled. Got such a short turnaround now into into pre season. I don't I don't know if that's a goal in this this particular time. I mean, maybe this day and age now. And do you get top top coaches coming over? I'm not I'm not that sure, but yeah. um, there'll be someone out there, you know, um, a Matt Parrish hiding or a John Harvey or or whatever you want. You know, there's definitely somebody for us. But yeah, it, it would be interesting actually to see a, an experienced big name coach come over and take over a, a struggling team. You know. Let's see if you make a Hollywood movie out of it. I wonder if it's obviously with these experienced coaches come with big money, don't they? And is, obviously, Parker, you mentioned it before about giving coaches opportunities coming from, you know, assistant coaches or players or whatever. Are are we brave enough to invest heavily in in a big name coach rather than invest in the playing squad? I don't think you can. I think the, the trouble is that if you say, well, we're going to get, you know, like you say, you're going to get Shane Flanagan from Australia or whatever, you know, give him John Cartwright, get him over here, get him a house or whatever. But we can't have two key props forwards for next year. Mm. Well, it's pointless then, isn't it? Because no manager's going to do anything with that. So you, you've, got to, you've got to balance the books and we haven't got the money. And that's another reason, I think, for keeping it a little bit closer to home than even... Even travelling over to Yorkshire to get somebody, I think, <clears throat> I think somebody from this side of the Pennines who, who you know, who's available and connected. I think that's the only way to go. But I don't know. No one's going to know uh, until the decision's made, Paul. No, no, and just just uh, thinking now, um, you're talking about big name coaches from Australia. We had one, didn't we, in Tim Sheens? Um, we, we had yeah. him, and we didn't really get anywhere, did we? But um, another guy, someone. Text me the other day and said, Do you think Sean Wayne would be up for the job? I thought, well, I don't know because I think, is he not in line to take over from Adrian Lamb at Wigan? Would Adrian Lamb fancy this offer job? You know, the old coach's merry go. I hope not. I'm, uh, well, he's, he must be still in the area because 
my um, my mum and dad and, and me my sister and, and the little baby have gone to um, to Lytham for the weekend and they bumped into Adrian Lamb coming out of a restaurant there the other day because we had let on to him on Sunday. So he's still in the area. So <laughs> not that Lytham's anywhere near Salford, so uh, really. But no, interesting. It's going to be interesting to see who gets that Wigan job. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. I like the, the, the one before you said about Lee Brears and Andrew Henderson. I mean... I've listened to that Andrew Anderson on the radio doing his commentary work, and he's a very, very knowledgeable guy, real good talker, very enthusiastic, and I'd have no problem with someone like him coming in. He seems a really good guy, and if you've got someone like Lee Breers working with him as well, that could be something. I know there's a few a few things on Facebook. Um, somebody put something on the other day about the walk. Is it the Walker Brothers? Yeah, I don't think they're the Ipswich uh, Jets coach now, are they? But they no. were quite good when they were coaches. Of, right, uh, I, I saw Jets, that the day and wondered who they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who I'd give it to. I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all, really. But I think, for me, the favourite's probably going to be Paul Roller. Yeah, I think I think the, uh, the, the likes of Sean Wayne and people like that, we're, we're not in their, their price bracket really we're not you know but I mean Sean has got the the World Cup which he would have been having very soon to look forward to then concentrate back on getting himself into Super League or whatever he's got another year now and he'll be England coach for another year will he try and combine that I don't think he, I don't think he'd risk it no. a World Cup year so I don't think that's it I don't know what you're saying I mean it's just a, a big name in terms of coaching but um the, the other thing I, when you say John Carter, the thing that a lot of clubs have done, including you know Saints and Wigan in the past, he's he's gone after reserve, uh, you know, re- sort of coaches at, at mm-hmm. NRL clubs, not the you know not the head coach, gone for the step down, and it, it seems to work. You know, I mean Saints have had great great fortune with it in the last few years, but um, yeah, I think I think we've got to be realistic with with money, and not not sacrifice a, a huge chunk of our small budget on on a coach. When you can't fill your shirts every week, I think that's going to be the big, the, the big issue. But um, yeah, it's all it's all exciting, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll find out the next. I would have thought the next what fourteen days at least, I would expect something. I don't know about everybody else, but got to get cracking. I'm going to write it down: Lamb to solve Paul's dad. <sighs> that's it. That's enough. So we'll have to wait and see what what what. <laughs> Manifests itself in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, next bit of news: Ken Seal signs two-year deal. Paul, we needed it. Good player, top try scorer in Super League. I think it's psychological. Obviously, if we lost our player, our top player, comes a bit of a blow. So getting him up, getting him signed up for two years is a, is a boost. Massive boost, yeah. I mean, he got into the dream team as well, didn't he? On his uh, try scoring this season, and I don't think he played every game either. He missed a few games, didn't he? So, uh, so yeah, he's done tremendously well. And it's funny, really, because without being pessimistic, it, it looked like he was going. It looked like Wakefield in him for him, and then all of a sudden, Richard Marshall moves on, and Ken Seo signs a new deal. So, I found that a bit odd, really. But uh, that's that's another story, isn't it? Great, great result for us that signing Ken Seo one. You know. It, they're the sort of players that you, you need to build your side round, aren't they? I mean, Ken Seal's a very, very experienced player, played on the, on the other side of the world as well. You know, got a terrific try record. So I, I think it's a real coup for us to keep hold of him. Paul, I'm the conspiracy theorist. You deal in facts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this right. Uh, Parker, where do you, where do you rate Ken Seal uh, in the 
in the the all-time Salford Hurt Wingers greats? That's a good question. I mean, how far are we going back? 140 years. I did see them all. I, I, know, I'm seen? At, I know I'm looking the years now, but that's that's a bit too much. Um, he, he's definitely as a try as a finisher. Yeah, he, he's sensational. You know what I mean? We we we've had some really good, really good wingers, and uh, the amount of tries he scored length of the field as well is is something that mm. we've had wingers who got limited pace but a big, big strong lads who can crash over the line or vice versa he can do it all I mean that try against Hull that's up for I think it's up for try of the month at the moment where he uh, obviously Sarge just kicked it across pitch he's caught it grubbed it between two players and check. I mean that's that's on the spot thinking that's that's genius um, he's, he's he's well up there of course he is I mean top try scorer in Super League we've not had a top try scorer since the 70s in a top flight league you know that's how good he is he's in the dream team and like Paul just said, he didn't play all the games. He's 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 a sensational winger. He, he sends out a message that we've we haven't done for quite a while. You know, you think of Jacko and even you know Ben Murdoch, Masilla and Rob Louie or whatever. Teams come in and say we're having him, we're having him. That's it. Teams teams wanted Ken Seal probably on both sides of the world. I don't know, but and and as Paul King said at the the awards, oddly enough, uh, he he said. Uh, People on Twitter and so on, you know, I don't, not a direct quote, but uh, moaning that we can't keep all of our best players. And he, well, we just did, mm. you know, and that's that's a statement for a club of uh, size, you know, stature and, and budget entitlements um, to keep all the, the one player that if he'd have gone, everyone would have gone, same old Salford, letting the players go. It wouldn't matter who else went or who else came in, Salford couldn't keep all the Ken Seo. And we did, and we've kept him. Uh, you know, 19 tries this year in, in in Super League in a team that rarely scored more than 14, 15 points a game. Mm. That's some effort. I know he scored four against all, so that's you know virtually you know what, virtually a quarter of his tries in one game. But um, no, he, he's a sensational and It's a great statement for us. Um, shame that Inu uh, uh, couldn't stay with him because I think as a partnership, it was it was unreal. Really, really good. Can, uh, Inu was brilliant at making that space and getting the ball out and uh, and the interceptions that he got quite a bit for him, that sort of thing. But, you know, we, we, we have got a strong back line. Um, and it, it's just brilliant. It's great news. We've, you know, we've fought off competition. And maybe it says something about Kenny, how happy he is. Oh. You know, he didn't, want to, he didn't want to move. He didn't want to look elsewhere. He could have even stayed, gone somewhere for, for less money or the same money for a new challenge. Done it here at Salford now. You know, he's made uh, Tui, obviously, leaving. Inu, he's made leaving. You know, he's lost mates while he's been with us, uh, Junior and people or whatever. And he could have gone, you know, it's time for a fresh challenge. And he hasn't. So he's obviously happy, content in the area. You know, he, his wife must be settled because that's that's the one thing that a lot of sportsmen from abroad tend to find difficult. The family don't settle. So, uh, no, great, great statement of intent. And uh, fingers crossed there's a couple more to come and join him. Yeah. Opportunity club transitioning into a playoff club, Paul. In my opinion, if you lose Ken Seal, you'll go back to square one. Keep him in a red shirt is a massive uh, boost for everyone. It is, yeah. I think we need a bit more than Ken Seal, but 
he's a start. It is a start that, you know, keeping hold of him. He's a good player, very good player. As I said it before, you give Ken Seo a chance and he'll take it. He, mm. You know, some wingers need four to five chances to take him. Ken Seo doesn't. You give him half a sniff and he'll be his away. So, um, he is. I think if you offered Ken Seo to lots of Wigan and St. Helens, he'd probably be up there taking him because he's that, that good a player for me. I think he's. I think he's a terrific finisher. Um, glad, glad, glad we've got we've, we've kept hold of him. And uh, yeah, we just need to. Obviously, there's the, the areas of the squad we need to strengthen and things like that. But uh, but no, Ken is an integral part of that. And I think Parky hit the nail on the head before me and my dad were having this conversation about you know Ken staying and and it's it's right. You, you're dead right about his family life and things like that. I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, I think Ken's quite settled here now, isn't he? And his wife apparently works in town, I think. So that that that's all well and good. And I think it's you know good that the club look after the players, don't they? And make sure that they've they've got somewhere good to live and they're in the community that they're in. So uh, you know, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. Salford's not not a bad place, is it? Quite a vibrant area now. You know, you've got the keys and things like that. Manchester's nearby, so it's it's quite it's quite a good place to live. So um, so yeah, I'm glad Ken's staying and. Uh, Hopefully he wants to try it again next season. Yeah, other people who've signed new deals, uh, Parker, Jack Armand-Royd and James Greenwood have both signed two-year deals. Uh, both work hard, both the engine room for our team, uh, both important that they've signed up for two more. Yeah, I mean, I think Jack's come on leaps and bounds again this year. I think he's he's getting better and better and, and stronger. He's, he's certainly got, you know, size about him. Um, so he... He's great. A player that we picked up from nowhere, really, again, didn't we? I know he came through Leeds initially, but he was he was kind of lower league. Was it Halifax? And where we got him from? But he, you know, he's he's proven to be a you know a standout first team player now, uh, and I'm delighted because he's only young. You know, he's still got years to it. He's peak as a prop forward, so that's brilliant. And, and Greenwood, last season, 2020, he, he helped us massively. I think he scored in three three rounds, all three rounds of the Challenge Cup. Scored in the final as well. Scored at Wembley. I mean, not many Salford players I'll ever say that. Mm. Um, but he, he, he's been unlucky, hasn't he, with injuries? But what I've seen of him, the, certainly the year before, he, he looked like an outstanding prospect. I know he's been around, I'll say prospect. He's about 30 and he's not a kid. But um, he's still got lots to give. Uh, and we missed him this year at times. I think he, he'd have added a lot to the team because he's, he's a player with a lot of skill, with the ball in hand. He gets good offloads. But he's got a bit of pace for, for a big guy. So... Great, great to keep hold of these players. No point churning players over every year, you know, 10, 12 players every year. You've got to try and keep these players together to create that that bond as well between the squad and its legacy plan. You know, we, we've had Moose here for God knows how many years now, who's always passed on that, that you know, him and Flash and people like that and Tyke MacArthur, that, that, that ethic of this is what we do. You know, we're us and we're, this is what we're planning to do. And uh, I think he's, uh, yeah, I think he's good to, to keep hold of these lads. And hopefully we get to see a bit more of, certainly of uh, Greenwood next year. And, and Jack just keeps progressing. Yeah, I think I've got to agree with Parky there, Paul, that, you know, these two lads sort of offer a lot. Obviously, with Greenwood being injured this season, he'll be raring to go for next season. And all good teams um, have the likes of Armand Royd and Greenwood in them. You have your superstars, but you also have the people who, who make the hard yards and make the tackles, uh, and these two lads are them. Yeah, I've been very, very impressed with Jack Armour. I think it took him a while to find his feet in the team, but for me, he became one of the best forwards of the season. 
he's running the ball in really hard. He's a, he's a big, strong lad, and he's an aggressive runner as well, and he's got a bit of pace. You know, when he gets through, Jack, he, he's pretty quick. So I'm glad he's, he stayed. He's got a good attitude as well. Uh, with James Greenwood, I think he's a really good player. But he's just struggled with injury, and you know, hopefully those injuries will be behind him. Every player sort of has, has times when they go through injuries, don't they? And has bad luck and things like that, and you know, things don't go right with your rehab. And perhaps he's just had a bit of a difficult time this season. But you no, know, he's a fit lad. He'll be he'll be back next season stronger. And you know, we've got some other good young forwards here. Look at Jack Wells. I've been impressed mm-hmm. with him this season. The way he's in, improved, and he struggled. He's had a few suspensions, and and, and he's had these injury issues as well. Then you've got another lad in Sam Luckley, who's he's just been picked for, for Scotland, hasn't he? And you know, credit to him because he's worked really hard this season. He had to to wait for his opportunity, didn't he? Probably maybe half a dozen games into the season, eight games into the season before he actually got a chance. But then he's he's been impressive. So uh, so yeah, there's, there's some good good players in that pack that will uh, will go go on again next season. Yeah, uh, new signing, uh, Ryan Braley uh, has joined us from Lee. Uh, Parker Salford lad, uh, ex Lee, ex Huddersfield, can play standoff, can play fullback, kicks goals, experienced kind of person that we need to go forward. Yeah, I think when you look at it, I mean, I, I, he's, he's been around for, for that long. When he said he was like 29, I was thinking, that's not, he's got to be older than 29 now. Hmm. Um, but no, you know what? He could be, and I'm not not putting pressure on the guy and saying he's this kind of you know same player, but he could be our sort of version of of uh, Steph Ratchford, hmm. a player that can come comfortably you know fill positions at fullback, halfback, whatever. Um, a lot of experience, like you say, goal kicking, which we've lost in Inu anyway. Um, it, it gives us a great option, so versatile, um, and and you know as a Salford lad. It'll mean a little bit more to him, I think, now. I mean, he's always, every time he's played against us, he's always seems to score. Um, Loves scoring against us, hopefully, like scoring for us. And if we can get, you know, obviously Jack Wells back on the pitch, another Salford lad, Cal Watkins, uh, another Salford fan. Um, who knows what's going to happen? You know, could we pull in Ellis Robson? Could we keep him? You know, that's that. Remember, it's that year we got five Salford lads in the first team. Could it happen sooner than we think? You know what I mean? Not not quite the way we mean because we're going to bring them through from youth. But it's a start, isn't it? It's a you know that kind of thing where you can go out to the local community and say, look, I was on the terraces once. I was like you, you know, to the kids, and this is where I am. I'm you know playing for the club that I, you know I loved as a kid. So um, good signing, Ryan Braley. You know, like I say, so talented but flexible, can play anywhere. Versatile player that in the modern game you've got to have. You can't, you know, you don't generally just have a player who plays there and that's it. Um, yeah, so it'd be, uh, it's, it's a good move for us. Yeah, do you think, Paul, that, you know, being a local lad and, and a Salford fan, you get that extra 1% out of him? Because obviously he's living our dream, uh, playing in it, playing in a Salford shirt. Yeah, I think there's that. There's a couple of things on that. I think with, with, with him as well. I think he's, he's come up to Super League, hasn't he? Went to Huddersfield and it didn't quite, quite work out the way he wanted to. So I think he'll be desperate to succeed at Super League level, won't he? Um, I thought Parky was going to steal my thunder and say, when he said about Stefan Ratchet, I was going to compare him to Richie Myler, you know, because you look at what Richie Myler does for Leeds, he scores loads and loads of tries for him because he's a terrific support player and he backs up. He's always there. You look at Ryan Briley, he's that sort of player. He's a sniffer. He'll sniff out an opportunity. Look at his try record. 
he's, he averages nearly a try a game. He's got a tremendous try record at every club he's been at. So if he if we can get him backing people up, and you talk about guys like Sam Luckley who are going to offload a ball, and he's there, you know that that's what we we could want because I know talking about Myler there, he, he was an halfback, wasn't he, earlier on in his career, but he's become that sort of player. And I want him you know, playing at full back. Are we going to see Ryan Briley playing at full back? I'm not so sure. So yeah, he's got that to his game. As you said, he's a goal kicker as well, but I think his support play and he's, he's backing up. He's a real runner, so I think he's a very astute signing there. And yeah. adding to that, that he's a Salford you know supporter as a kid as well, and, and he's got his, the, the club at heart. I think it's a, I think it's a really really good signing. Yeah, let's talk departures now. Uh, Tuilola here and um, Big Seb off to Huddersfield. Um, what do you think of that, Parker? Well, I mean, new Seb was only we were only borrowing him, weren't we, for the last mm. two years. Um, I find it. I, I found it odd that they let us have him for an extra year. Um, I'm sure if Watson could have gone to Huddersfield earlier, he'd have, he'd have tried to scrap that deal if he could and take him back to Huddersfield. Because I, I, I heard somebody saying the other day they didn't really rate him, and I, I thought every time I've seen him play or virtually every time he's been outstanding. I, I don't, I don't get the criticism of him. I think he's a really, really good prop. Well, I mean, he was in the dream team. What? two or three years back at Huddersfield, you know, and then he, he fell out of favour or whatever happened, I don't know. Um, and he came to us and he's never let us down. And the guy's a cracking player. Um, I'm going to see him go. He's at that. He's at the peak now for me as a prop forward at that age. He's right in the peak of his, his power and he, I think he'll push on and I think, you know, I think Ian Watson will get him get firing again, he, even more so possibly next year. Um, well, I think we always knew that. Two uh, it been on the cards, hadn't it? It'd been rumoured for, for months and months that he was going to Huddersfield. But I think I think it was a last minute decision. I don't think he was I don't think he was fully committed at the time to to go in. I think he was in a uh, you know a sort of fifty fifty mind. And at the back end of the season, the last probably the last month, six six games, he he really started to shine again. He looked confident, he looked he looked happy. And that's what made me start doubting that he was gonna leave us. I thought he'd sort of found a new a new vigour and a new love and, and was going to carry on. But it's a shame. Um, again, another player, he's just going to move on and that, that's life. But uh, he's, he's got a lot of talent. Um, and again, versatile, played you know a couple of positions. But um, there have been periods of, of the season, um, and, well, even in his whole time with us, where I thought he doesn't look fully committed or he hasn't you know, shone in the way that I'd wanted. But, I mean, when he came to us from Leeds, he was shattered, wasn't he? He had no confidence. Leeds gave him some real stick. And he came to us and seemed to find a new lease of life. And that partnership with him and Jacko was was sensational. You know, they, they were the two. It, it was kind of good cop, bad cop in many ways. You know, he was the runner. Jacko was the brains. And it worked perfectly. The last the last year or so, he's had he's had Atkin, he's had Brown. Uh, you know, he had Patton for a bit. He... He's gone through so many other half-back partners. It's hard to stay settled, but um, no, you know, he'll be lost. He'll be a loss to us. He's been really good and he will be tough to replace. Um, and I wish him all the best because, you know, he, he got us to a, in, into a, well, not so single-handedly, but he got us to a grand final, a Challenge Cup final. And I don't think we can ask for more than that. So, yeah, all the best to him and the, the, the pair of them back at Huddersfield. Yeah, I think we're going to miss Big Seb. I think you need a big bopper forward and it's going to be a challenge to replace him. But we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Two will all here for me. He was he was good. Um, 
wasn't really consistent enough for me. But like you said, got to a grand final with him, got to a, a Challenge Cup final with him. Um, he'll probably go down as probably one of the top maybe five standoffs at Salford that I've seen. Um, but yeah, like like Parky said, Paul, players uh, come and go. They put in a good service for us uh, and uh, we wish him all the best. Yeah, I, I'm a bit good about Seb because um, I think he's been great for us. I, I don't understand the criticism. I think he's he's a top forward. He runs he runs the ball in really, really hard. He always lands on his front. He gets a quick play of the ball. He's got plenty of pace. Good defender. So, I just feel to get a decent player there. Uh, a real decent player. And uh, he seems a really good guy as well. I saw him at that open training session the other week. And, you know, really friendly sort of fella as well. And, um, yeah, I wish him all the best. Nice, nice bloke. As for Tui... Yeah, we've had some good times with Lola here. I mean, he's magnificent on his day, isn't he? The way the way he steps through. I mean, I always go on about that try score in the grand final, the try that never was. It was a great try. Mm. Um, you know, his footwork there was outstanding. I think for me though, his time at Salford has been a bit checkered. Really, he's, he's coasted in some games, hasn't he? Coming on a bit of a cameo role and been great, and then drifted in and out of games. So I think at Huddersfield, he'll be looking to be a bit more consistent. Um, Sometimes he's not looked as fit as he should do. So I'm not knocking the lad, though. I think he's a very, very talented player. And, you know, I, I wish him all the best at Huddersfield. I hope it works out for him there. And I hope he does well because the, the stick that he received at Leeds, I thought, was bang out of order. Um, that's, another, that's another story. I thought they made him a scapegoat there and he came to Salford. And I thought he, uh, he did really well on the back of that. And um, someone asked me the other day about the, the swap deal whether we got the better out of the deal with him with Robert Louis going the other way but I, I don't know I mean you'd have to ask him I've not seen all Leeds' matches so I, so I don't know but I think too he's, he's worked hard at Salford and as I said before it's been a bit checkered and things haven't worked out or whatever. but like Parky said I thought he was going to stay because he just seemed to have a big grin on his face every every week every time he saw him you know Steve McCormick was taking pictures of him always like beaming smile on his face I thought oh he might have changed his mind he's going to stay but no, I wish him all the best. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he'll do well for this field. As long as it's not against us. <laughs> yeah. Other news, uh, Parker. Uh, we've now got a link up with Ipswich Jets, a Queensland club. Um, what do you do? You know, I, follow, I know you follow Australian rugby leagues. What do you What do you make of Ipswich Jets? Yeah. Well, I've known about them for God knows how long. From the old pre sort of, you know, the likes of Brisbane and so on joining the. The, the, the NRL, you know, when they were in playing the Queensland League, um, they're, they're a really good, proper established club. I suppose they're in a, I don't, it's hard because they don't really have, they do have a second tier in Australia, it's not the same as ours, but you would probably, you would probably say they're very much a, a Halifax or a Featherstone or something like that in terms of, you know, the club itself, it's the heart of a community and it's, it's massive over there. I mean, Ipswich is a, you know, it's a fairly big place in terms of, you know, Australia in the, the size of the towns. But, um, yeah, it's, it's got a really good reputation. It's a proper solid club. I mean, there are quite a few in, in Queensland that you, you can reel off as, as clubs that have been around for years and always produce players for the likes of Brisbane and, you know, the bigger, the, the, the Sydney clubs. Um yeah, they've had some great players through there. I mean, the, the the best one probably ever they've had was was Alfie Langer, and you know if we can we can team up with them and find one of them. Uh, I think we'd be more than happy. But I think I think the club itself, because of its reputation in Australia, I think it's a great thing for us in terms of getting hopefully some training over there at some point. Not obviously not yet with COVID and so on. But these young players, we're trying to get into the the reserves and then hopefully an academy. 
to say for, you know, whatever time, you're going to go over there and train with them. And some of theirs will probably come over here and train with us, a bit of a swap and, and that kind of thing. I think it's brilliant because they, they, it is a proper rugby league club. It steeps in rugby league and it, it prides itself on what it does. Um, I think the experience it'll give to the younger lads when they, you know, if they do get a chance to go out and some of the older ones, it's phenomenal, but a great, a great club. Really, really big in in terms of you know Australian sport. Obviously, not not well known over here because it's not covered in the same way. In the same way that you know our championship doesn't get trans transmitted over there. Um, but yeah, I, I'm delighted with it. I think it's a, a brilliant move from from the club. And uh, talking to a few people the other night at, at, the, at the club, and um, they're really excited about it. They they think it's it's only going to be a benefit to both teams. Hopefully, you know, like I say, if Kobe clears up or, you know, travel eases, um, but we'll see the best of it. Opportunity Club gives and gets opportunity, Paul. Yeah, I, I think it's a great, great storyline, like, uh, like Paul said. They might not be in the NRL, but they're, uh, you know, a club that's got an awful lot of history in Australia, as you mentioned there, Alfie Langren. I think another, another thing as well, it, it sort of gets our name on the other side of the world. You know, people in Australia think, oh, Salford, yeah, I've heard of them. They played in the grand final a few years ago. So it does help our reputation as well. And will it help us when we're bringing players over or we're trying to recruit players in Australia? So I think it's great. And I think the the training aspect of it as well, if you can go and do a bit of warm weather training over in Australia or go and train on that side of the world, I think it's tremendous. So, uh, so yeah, really exciting uh, link up that with, uh, with Ipswich Jets. I mean, uh, I'm going to start following. They're going to become my Australian team now. Cause are they in the same league as like Burley Bears and the, yeah. the Cutters, the Mackay Cutters and a few yeah. other teams like they, that? Yeah, I have, I have heard of them. So, so yeah, I'll start following teams. them now. Yeah, yeah, I'll start following them, now. You just want to do a match report there. That's what you want. Well, <laughs> if, if they've got like a podcast, the Ipswich Jets, we could do like an exchange trip. Yeah. Yeah. They could come over here, we could go over there. Oh, yeah. We'd have pen pals, couldn't they? <laughs> That's the pretty face. <laughs> if anyone's listening in Ipswich and... and, and... Actually, I'd be quite, I'd be quite good. That we could, we could have a match report every week from from someone in Ipswich. We could send one down there as well. That'd be, that'd be good for uh, into. Uh, continental relationships, Parker. Yeah, like it, like it. Yes, yeah, it's a, a trade every every six months. Yeah, be happy with that. We could even try the coach, Kieran Lander. We could always have him. He's, he's his first uh, sort of coach in job. Mm. He's been there for six years as the as like an yeah. assistant, but um, probably is it too soon? Do you think we could could we borrow him? Do you reckon, Park uh, Paul? Borrow him for what? Our, our coach. Oh, our head coach. Yeah, why, why not? When I was saying about an exchange, I didn't just mean exchanging reviews. I meant us mm. go over to Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to start slow. We'll have to start yeah, little, yeah, then we go big. I've got an house here where they can stay. Come stay at my house with my missus for, while I go over there for a few weeks. <laughs> no, I think I think it's great. I think it's a really good news story, that. And it was just a shame that then, obviously, just after that, we, we had the story about Richard Marshall, didn't we? So, you know, solve the give you one thing and then take something away, don't we? <laughs> so, uh, so no, but no, definitely an exciting uh, prospect for the future. That definitely. Yeah. Other news, um, Parker. Uh, our learning disabilities team played at York Festival this weekend. Uh, seemed like they had a good time and, and played some good rugby. Yeah, brilliant news. I saw it on uh, on Twitter earlier today, and uh, I was delighted with it. I, I wasn't aware it was fully up and and running as such. Um, I it's fantastic. Well, you know. Well, a job them lads are doing it. Well, a lady's behind the scenes, 
uh, the club getting, you know, on the foundation and everything else, getting these people together and getting it all organised. And I, I I can't speak highly enough of them. And I, I hope we, very soon we get to see him play. You know, we get to see him at, at the AJ Bell or wherever, at least pre-match or, or whatever. You know, let's see let's see what skills we've got. Um, more the merrier. You know, we, we said, again, something else we said early in the year and the club have gone on about that. They want these... You know, they want this team, they want a ladies team, they want, you know, back to an academy, hopefully a reserve team, a full a full whole club again. And I, I think this is a great step. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see them. So uh, hopefully they'll have, you know, a number of fixtures lined up. And that'd, be, that'd be great. But yeah, seems, he seems to go really well from what I've read of it. Yeah, it's, it's like I said before, it's about building a philosophy. And this is the, the kind of thing that, that helps uh, Paul. You know, like you say, Parky said, you know, they're looking for ladies' sides, uh, reserve sides, and, and everyone under that one, uh, so for a devil's umbrella, uh, helps obviously the playing side and the community side because obviously they'll be representing the city uh, and people in the city will, will buy into it. Said it to you a few weeks ago, didn't you, about people coming on the journey with, with, with Salford Rugby Club. And I, I think so. I think it's tremendous that, that you can get people from all walks of life um, being involved and, and making them feel just that little part of the club, you know, making you feel like you've got a role in that. So I, I think it's tremendous that, you know, the work that people do, the volunteers and things like the foundation is great. And if we can get a, a ladies team up and running as well, the more teams and the more people we've got involved with it, the better. Yep. Um, Scotland call-ups international scene is kicking in uh, obviously with the World Cup uh, not happening this year our home nations will be playing I think it's Jamaica I think Scotland are playing Danny Adde Sam Luckley and Ryan Braley called up there Parker uh, be good to get experience uh, in the off-season playing international rugby uh, that, that will be a massive test for Scotland I think the Jamaican squad if it's half as good as what I've, I've heard it might be um, it's going to be a real threat. I know they play the England Knights after that, um, and I think they'd give them a test. So for Scotland and, and, and our lads that are involved, I mean, I, I mean, the likes of Luckley, you know, a, 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 a guy I think we all we've all sort of fallen in love with in some way. Um, a delighted for the first year in Super League, he's come through that, and he, you know, look where he is now. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's good. More representative for uh, for, for Salford. And, and you know who knows? I don't know what what's happening with the home nations. This some how many games they're going to play, but whether the Welsh are going to get a few games in, and you know I, I think the, the the French are going to play England, aren't they? So you would expect Morgan to be in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, it, it's great, and, and it keeps lads uh, keeps lads busy and the fitness up a little bit through the, through the winter months before they get back into into the training. So as long as they don't come back injured, obviously, but. Um, yeah, no, it's great. It's great for the club to have the name, you know, with international players. And uh, I wish them, I wish them well. And uh, hopefully, it'll be on somewhere we can, we can watch it. Um, if not, you know, it'd be nice to attend in, in person. But see how far and how cold it is. <laughs> like you said, Paul, it's it's a journey and an opportunity, and it puts our club in a spotlight internationally, which which helps uh, sort of build our brand for potential sponsors who might be uh, looking into to sponsor us. Of course it doesn't. It's experience for the, for the players as well. You know, a guy like Sam Luckley who's come from, 
you know, from, from League One and, and, and climbed the ladder at Salford. I mean, like Parky said there, we have all fell in love with him because he's a tremendous character. And I think he, he's going to do really well for Salford. I think he'll be great next season if he keeps progressing. And it's not just, you know, the player as well. It's the whole package, I think, sometimes with players like that. You need players like that in your dressing room. You know, players that are absolutely buzzing and bouncing. And, you know, we had one in, in Jacko, didn't we? And if you've got players like that in your squad, I think it, uh, it's only good. And especially with him playing international rugby league as well. They're getting representation and it's pride, it's their self-pride as well, you know, playing for the, the country that they represent. So uh, so yeah, I'm all for that. I'm hoping to get to some of these international games or well, really as we said, we're we're all gutted about the World Cup. You know, it's just been postponed for, for twelve months. We'll have to wait. Hopefully it'll make us even more excited in twenty twenty two. But I'm pretty sure these international games will uh, will uh, whet the appetite. Yeah, final bit of news, uh, Paul. Dr. Devil is no more. Diablo the Devil has appeared. Um, what do you make of that? Obviously, we've both got kids. We both, uh, you know, appreciate what uh, the mascot does. Um, do you think it was right for them to change it? Yeah, because he's not involved with the club anymore, is he? The other guy. So, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit daft that Doctor Devil anyway. To be honest with you, but I don't know. I, I took our image into the match against St. Helens, and um, she's. 10 now, she'll be 11 in, in, in February. She's never really been into rugby league, but she really, really enjoyed herself. She had a really good time. Um, we had a we had a coffee together before the game and she, on the way home, she said, Dad, I'd like to go again. And, you know, I was quite chuffed because I, I've not got lads um, and I've always wanted a lad because my dad took me when I was like four or five year old and it's just something that me and my dad have done. And it's a, it's a, it's a bond between us, a fantastic bond that we've got. And, and I'm, I'm never going to have that because I don't think we're going to have any more kids. I don't think Ellen's asleep next to me, so I don't think we're going to have any more. She's not there to comment, but, oh, right. but no, and, and I think she wants to go again. So, um, so yeah, she really enjoyed that. And, and she was laughing at the mascot. So we saw him outside the, the, the ground before the game with Paul King, I think. So uh, I thought Paul King was the new mascot, but no, I think it was good. I think, I think the kids enjoyed that. And the St. Ellen's game, I know we've not really spoken about it, but I enjoyed the atmosphere of it. There was an awful lot of kids there from the schools and things like that. We mentioned it the other week, didn't we, about the East stand maybe next season, ad- adopting that as the as the family stand, if, if you like. Get that full of community clubs and, and, and full of schools and things like that because they make a hell of a lot of noise. I know some of them cheeky sods come on the pitch at the end of the game, didn't they? But uh, that's another story. But no, I enjoyed that. And, uh, and yeah, I think... It's better when you get the, the cheerleaders as well. I mean, we've not, we've not had them with COVID, but I just thought the whole package on Friday night against Salem was great. You had the dancers, the mascot, and it's not really something that bothers me. I go for the, I'm a rugby league student of rugby league. I love the rugby league. I'm not bothered about anything else. But uh, but no, it's, it's part of the package and the kids like it. Yeah, I think I think is I think with Dr. Devil, he was, he was a good brand. And mm. obviously, you, you're moving him on, you're bringing another mascot in. You start the whole process again, Parker, and we all kind of bought into Doctor Devil. It has to be said. So it's, it's starting that journey again with uh, Diablo. You know, there's no reason why Diablo can't reach the heights of of, of Doctor Devil. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll say goodbye to Doctor Devil. Wish him well, um, and uh, good luck for Diablo in the future. Yeah. Um... I'm not I'm a bit stumped on this one, to be honest. Uh, it, it appeared in front of me um, at the game. Like I, was little, I was a little bit, what? what is this? What is it? What's it supposed to And then, obviously, it worked out. I have got bad eyes, so I will. Yeah. That, that be good. Listen, 
you can have as many as you want for me. I'm not. If if the kids love it, the kids love it. We we've had so many. You know, Daredevil Duck was one of the greatest ever. You know, oh. it, 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 we go through them, and that's we have that. I think we've had more mascots than badges, but only just. We had Terry um, Yeah, we did. Yeah. No, look, it, it was great. And, and like, I just want to go on about what Paul said then about that Friday night. Friday night under lights, a decent crowding, plenty of noise. What, what it was one of the, I mean, the performance helps obviously beating Saints. I don't care who they are playing. Beating Saints is great for me. I do it every week. It was it was the best atmosphere in a game I've been in for ages. And it had to be the last game of the season left me wanting more. You know, halfway through the season, I could have knocked it on the head this year and said, let's just scrap the season. It's rubbish. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And that, that, I suppose, that added to it that there was a bit of excitement because people have seen something new. Um, strange how he shows up on Richard Marshall's last game. I'm not... Mm. Am I putting two... To, is he the new coach? No. Um, <laughs> listen, he's great. He's great for great for a game, like Paul said. You know, the 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 the, the Angels were back, and it, it was just a great atmosphere. And if it's like that every week, whether you win or lose, I mean, obviously as an adult, you take it a little bit more serious. I think it, when you lose, you get a bit more annoyed by it. But the kids will love it, and they'll come back. It was a great chance for us with all them. What was it? An extra virtually fifteen hundred kids in there, or whatever it was. How many of them? Will, you know, next time you get the chance, we'll jump jump it because they all loved it. Uh, and it, it was great to see. Um, the game itself was was good, but um, the atmosphere, yeah, really good. And as for the mascot, listen, if it helps, if it brings people in, if the kids love it, that's fine by me. I've got no problem with that. It could, can be whatever you want, um, as long as it's not blue. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think what we'll do now, we'll we'll leave our listeners uh, wanting more. Um, I think we'll pull this one to the to the closure and we're going to put another one out towards the end of the week where we're going to talk about the Players' Awards and uh, our awards as well, which is uh, going to be exciting. Paul? Yes, yeah, certainly is. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. And uh, just before you sign off, just going back to mascots, I mean, you were mentioning somewhere there. What are your favourite ones? Do you remember that big bloke, Neil Baines, that we used to have? Mm. Do you remember that one? And the Power Ranger one. What, Igniter. 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 I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was so yeah. cool the way he just walk out, pull that flare out and whip yeah. it off. Yeah. It, was like, it was really, really quality. That. Best memory of Naito. I think we were playing Hull and it was like a, like an obstacle course. And he went oh went through this obstacle course, won, and then sort of without breaking stride, kicked a, kicked a, a ball that was obviously positioned to for someone else to kick for goals. I think it was kicked for a car or something like that. And he without breaking stride kicked it from like forty five yards at an angle, sailed between the posts. And that for me, kinda of like that he arrived at that point, Parker. Yeah, I think I remember that a little lows. Yeah, it was actually. It was just like a Power Ranger, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah don't, we've had a few, um, and there's a, there'll be a story. A, well, a bit of a story, not really a story. Actually, it's not even that fun. But um, when, when we do the next podcast about about the uh, sort of mascots, if you like. But uh, yeah, as for a favour, I don't think I've ever had one, Paul. If I'm honest with you, I never. I never disliked anyone. You know, they made me laugh, and that's that's about it. So, the, the best thing is that the person inside it. So the kids aren't listening, are they? The heart and soul. It's definitely real. It is definitely real. Yeah. Is that they enjoy it and they get involved with the crowd. I mean, you know, um, uh, our previous one, that times he was in the stand with the drum. I mean, that Wigan in the playoff and things like, you know, 
part we were all together. It wasn't like that's a mascot works for the club, comes out, says hello and goes. It was it was part of part of the fan base, really. And as yeah. long as it stays like that and it's interactive, it, it it's a great thing. You can make a good brand out of them. I know it's hard for some because we haven't got a big budget to start yeah. marketing and we can't market the club half the time, but it's you know it's great and it's just about that person inside making it happen enjoying it uh, Bradford Bradford had the balls didn't he for years and they yeah. were always really up for it and Ronnie the Rhino and people like that I've seen some really dodgy ones I think there was one at Halifax years ago it was a, it was a, a dog of some sort and I was, had no relevance <laughs> to anything uh, and it was awful you know it looked like it looked like it had been chewed and all sorts it was ridiculous but uh, no it's a bit of fun isn't it and it it's, you know, keeps the kids entertained because there are games plenty of times where I've wanted to walk out, so keep the kids entertained, we'll be all right. I think there was a football club with a, with a boiler in it. Boiler, is that right, Paul? West Brom, yeah, sponsored by Ideal so. Boilers. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I used to watch a bit of football years ago, I used to go to Rochdale with my mate, and they had um, Desmond the Dragon. Yeah. And we went to Halifax watching and play Halifax Town. And he had a punch up with the Halifax mascot, <laughs> and he ended up getting arrested. I don't know what happened, and then he got fined off the off the FA. They had a strap at the side of the pit. I can't remember what Halifax <laughs> it was, but um, no. And I think we, the mate, knew it was Desmond. It was someone who used to go to the pub with him. But yeah, mad. But it's funny, good stuff. I think I remember Alfred chasing down the Sir Ellen's Alfred's uh, version and, and puncturing him at one point. That was quite fun. Remember that park? Is that coming back to you? Yeah, I do. I do remember. We had a massive daft thing like sumos or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, so I wish uh, Diablo all the best, uh, and I'm sure he'll he's, he'll uh, he'll be as um, lovable as uh, Doctor Devil was for everybody. Before we end, check out Paul's amateur report here. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. We shall start off this week with the North West Youth League. It's quite an action packed, um, action filled amateur report this week. It's quite a lot to talk about. In the North West Youth on Sunday in the under 18s, Rochdale Mayfield in Division 1 were beaten at home to Wigan St Jude's by 38 points to 12. In Division 2 of the under 18s, Blackbrook Blues 38, Saddleworth 18. In the under 16s, Division 3, Langworthy Reds had a good win. They beat Charlie Panthers by 22 points to 8. The fixtures for this weekend Sunday, the 3rd of October, Lancashire Cup Finals. And these games are all going to be played at Pilkington Rex St. Helens. The under 18s, it's Oldham St. Anne's against Thato Heath. That's a kickoff at 5.15. The under 16s, Lee Minor Rangers versus Ryland Sharks. That's a 3.45 kickoff. The under 15s, Lee Minor Rangers face Wigan St. Jude's at 2.15. The under 14s, it's West Bank Bears against Lee Minor Rangers at 12.45. The under 13s, Blackbrook Royals play Wollstone Rovers at 11.15. The under 12s, Lee Minor Rangers versus Shevington Sharks is a 10 o'clock kickoff. Uh, in the under 18s, league match, it's Lee Minor Rangers against Waterhead Warriors. In Division 2, of the under-18s, Ruth Pioneers play Langworthy. In Division 3, Leyland Warriors face Folly Lane. In the under-16s, this Sunday, Premier Division, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Salford City Roosters. In Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield under-16s play West Horton Lions. And in Division 3, Langworthy Reds under-16s at home to Goldborn Parkside. In College Rugby League, that gets underway on Wednesday the 29th of September. In the Premier Division, Huddersfield Giants face Hotwood Hall. And Wakefield play the Salford Red Devils Academy. Well, there's a couple of internationals for the England Community Lions, under-23s and under-20s. Uh, these were played in, in Ireland over the weekend. It was Ireland Club Residence 18, England Community Lions, under-23s 64. 
and Ireland under 20s 12 England Community Lions under 20s 38 so two wins there for the England Community Lions the North West Men's League the results from the weekend just gone these games were played on Saturday the 25th of September in Division 1 Hares Finch 56 Berry Broncos 22 Division 2 West Horton Lions 16 Wigan Springview 48 Wigan St Pat's A31 Caddyshead Rhinos 22 in Division 4 Higginshaw 46 Garswood Stags 26 the fixtures for this Saturday 2nd of October Division 1 Dalton face Berry Broncos Oldham St Anne's at home to Hares Finch Division 2 Caddyshead Rhinos play Lee Minor Rangers A Pilkington Rex A Face Folly Lane, West Horton Lions face the Thato Heath Crusaders B. In Division 3, Crossfields A are at home to Salford City Roosters. Division 4, Higginshaw face Newton Storm and Garswood Stags are at home to the Langworthy Reds. Moving on to the National Conference League, the Championship Playoffs and Shield and Cup results at the weekend. We'll start off with the Championship Playoffs. Round 2, Pilkington Rex 11, Lock Lane 0, Thato Heath Crusaders 14, Siddle 12, Underbank Rangers 0, Hunslet Club Parkside 42 and Wathbrow Hornets 18, West Bowling 8. In the Shield, Round 1, Hewith against Dewsbury Moor Maroons, that was cancelled. Hewith had no team, the Maroons progressed through to the semi-finals. Kells against Crossfield was also cancelled, Kells no team, sorry, Crossfield's no team, so Kells progressed to the semi-finals. Lee Minor Rangers 12, Rochdale Mayfield 24, Normanton Knights 6, West Hull 26 in the Cup round 2, Egremont 10, Wollstone 29, Lee East 30, Hunslet Warriors 26, Alton Raiders 16, Clockface Miners 20 and after extra time East Leeds won at Stanley by 34 points to 32. The fixtures for this week, Saturday the 2nd of October, the Championship Playoffs semi-finals, Battlefield Crusaders are at home to Hunslet Club Parkside, Wathbrow Hornets play Pilkington Rex the Shield semi-finals Kells face Rochdale Mayfield and West Hull play Dewsbury Moor and the Cup semi-finals Lee East are at home to Clockface Miners and East Leeds play Wollstone Rovers Well the playoffs are also adding up uh, sorry mounting up uh, in the Super League and the Championships and League 1 as well I'll give you a result from uh, the week just gone Warrington nil, Hawkinson Rovers 19 Wigan Warriors nil, Leeds Rhino 8 two home sides nil there at home that's quite a rarity so that means that Catalan Dragons will play Hawkinson Rovers in the semi-final that's on Thursday night at quarter to eight for a place in the grand final the other semi-final sees St Helens at home to Leeds Rhinos 7.45 on Friday night in the Betfred Championship the Eliminators the losing side are out in these Batley Bulldogs beat Bradford 23 points to 10 and Halifax Panthers beat Whitehaven in an epic match there 24 points to 20 so that means that the Betfred Championship semi-finals Saturday the 2nd of October Featherstone face Halifax Panthers at half past five and Toulouse Olympic at the earlier time of 3.15 play Batley Bulldogs I'm running out of steam here Betfred League 1 qualifying semi-final Workington Town and Keithley Cougars went to extra time Golden Point extra time it was a penalty goal that won it in the end Workington Town 18 Keithley Cougars 16 the elimination semi-final North Wales Crusaders 34 Doncaster 48 so that means that the losers Keithley Cougars will now play the winners of that elimination game on Sunday the 3rd of October the preliminary final Keithley Cougars face Doncaster and the kickoff time to that is to be confirmed that's all I've got for this week told you it was an action packed one enjoy your week I shall see you next week so that's the end of this week's podcast uh, we'll be back in the later in the week big thanks tune in I'm Brett Parkson fans on Facebook Devon the Detail SRD fans on Twitter at DITDSRD and fans on SoundCloud iTunes Radio Contact Spotify and YouTube see you next week
Ha, 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 ha.